0: Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Now, World Rugby has announced today a major form of a sport that is struggling to provide meaningful opportunities to smaller unions, writes RNZ. We have an explainer on that after four. And with all the focus uh, on the All Blacks, a reminder that the much-fated Black Ferns, they are also in play on Saturday. Also on the panel, a second Auckland RSA and a matter of weeks faces the prospect of losing their club rooms. What is happening in the world of your local RSA, or your returned Servicemen's Association? We have former two-star General Martin Dunn on the panel. And on the panel also, should the law include a right to disconnect from your work or should employers have a right to demand flexibility? in a 24-7 world. After all, it's not the 80s. A school introduces a love, a love to the school uniform, and it becomes a hit. And I came across a really wonderful Facebook post, Memories of Lancaster Park, a rich history, home of the Crusaders, strong cricket history. But when Eden Park wouldn't hold music, Lancaster Park would, Tina Turner in 1993, Dire Straits in '86, Pearl Jam, U2. Question today is: What are your Lancaster Park memories? Looking forward to it. Text me two one zero one. You can email thepanel panel at rnz.co.nz. With me, Heather Roy, former ACT MP and minister, now uh, a professional director and principal of boutique consulting company Talk Point. Kia ora, Heather. Kia ora, Wallace. And Ed Amon, comedian, writer, PhD candidate. Kia ora, Ed. Good to have you in studio here with me. Uh, kia ora, Wallace. It's great to be here. Now, Ed and Ed, Heather in the hot seats this afternoon. And to this, a small auction house has been accused of selling fake rare coins and bullions, but a tribunal has ruled it cannot stop the auction house from selling fakes. It is up to the buyer to do their due diligence. Interesting item by Jeremy Wilkinson here. So, one buyer spends nearly 8k on various coins, found though a fake. Now, we must stress that the auction house in question did nothing legal. They do not authenticate themselves, but how do you protect yourself? I thought it was a very good question to bring to Liam Jennings, who's a senior numismatist and auctioneer at Mowbray Collectibles, the largest auction house for rare coins in the country. Liam, welcome. Joda Wallace. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Really interesting. We've got a coin collector on the show here too. He'll join us, but am I saying it right and what is it, a numismatist? Yeah, a numismatist, yep. yeah. What, what is it?
1: A uh, numismatist is just a fancy word for someone who studies coins, banknotes and um, anything in that type of collectible area.
0: Are you quite surprised by this? I mean, a tribunal has ruled the risk of quality and authenticity lies solely with the purchaser.
1: Yeah, with um, with uh, things like that, I think with the auction being auctioneers, there is um, a bit of grey area. And um, one thing for us, particularly at Mowbray's, is we take a lot of pride in making sure we. Um, we take a lot of steps in process to authenticate the material we're selling but we also um, uh, our own personal policy is that if there is the rare chance that something did get through that was not um, genuine, it was a fake we would fully refund the item because in our eyes, it's our reputation, it's our community, it's the people a lot of the time we know, so we want to make sure we're doing the right thing by
0: them Okay, so that's perhaps the difference between your Auckland House and uh, this one here, well let's bring in uh, Ed coin, coin collector from years gone by. Yeah.
2: I, I was a avid coin collector when I was uh, quite young. It's like a, like my connection to the past and to the foreign world. You get a coin from another country and then you dream about that country. It was a fantastic, so I was, I was fuming when I, when I read this news this morning. I was like, this is, this is crazy. Uh, how would you be lying on, on this type of, um, of a hobby, it's more than a hobby. It's something that is so close to your heart when you are when you are a collector. So, um, my question, my question to you is: um, Going the way that uh, the other auction house went. Aren't they hurting their own credibility for future auctions um, when people will be questioning their authenticity all the time? Because people trust auctioneers or, or auction houses to check everything, them to be the experts.
1: Um, So, I can't comment for any other business, but I know for us, like, uh, you know, your name and your brand and your reputation is is really important, and... When, you know, we're, for example, I'm a member of things like the Royal Numismatic Society, which is the um, sort of coin club, and then there's the Auckland one as well, and um, we have Facebook groups that are part of coin communities, and not only are you selling material to these people, but you're, you know, a lot of them are your friends as well, and they're people, and myself, I'm a collector, Um, so it's, you know, you sort of want to make sure if you were in the shoes of the receiver, are you, are you happy with what, what's happening? And I know, you know, it's, it's something that I can, I can take pride in knowing that the material I'm selling as an auctioneer and Mowbray's is selling is, is good quality. And we've done our due diligence and done our job right. And I think that's something we can be proud of that we've been in business for 58 years and our, Customers just keep growing. The interest keeps growing because we take a lot of pride in the work we do. Because you've got to protect those people. As you know, right. as you say, it's it's a it's a small community, and it, it can be um, quite hurting if those people aren't happy. Heather.
3: Oh, when I read this story, Wallace, I sort of put on my former hat of Minister of Consumer Affairs, and there's oh. lots of things that you can do. So, you know, this article talked about caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. And mm. and look, the buyer does need to be, beware. It's, it, the buyer themselves have some responsibilities, but I would have thought that the fact that um, the Lipscomb Auction House isn't a member of the Auctioneers Association, for example, should have waved a bit of a red flag for, for people doing business through them. On the other side, there's the Fair Trading Act and the Consumer Guarantees Act, which do offer protection uh, to consumers, and do mean that businesses ha- have to act, you know, fair- in a fair trading way. And if people are concerned about those things, they can complain to the Commerce Commission. Oh yeah. Um, the uh, Disputes Tribunal obviously was gone through uh, in this. Uh, instance and that's a quasi judicial process, but um, you know the, what it highlighted really was that you need to be aware of the terms and conditions. So read those. If you think that there's false advertising, you can complain to the Advertising Standards Authority. So there are a range of of sort of mechanisms that you have to seek redress. But there's two things really, isn't there? There's abiding by the law and then there's doing the right thing. And I think what Liam's highlighted is really uh, they haven't done the right thing and their reputation reputation will have taken a huge hit I would have thought as a result of the story
0: Well, well I mean mm. they make it very clear that they do not uh, authenticate. I mean this is not unique to coins. There, Some years ago there was some quote unquote newly acquired Francis Hodgkin's art pieces that found their way to trade me no provenance and immediately as an art lover uh, people who collect art you'd go oh red flag on trade me is it not up to the buyer to actually uh, check this out themselves uh, it's a
1: great point and you like using the term provenance that's that's a big thing that helps us when we look at what what, what um, an item is and if it has a good background so you know is it uh, for example of coins or stamps is it from you know the grandfather's collection do you mm. see things in that collection that have relevance to that time period. Um, with Trade Me, for example, so the one great thing they have now is um, they have a, a pay system called Ping, which ha- in- introduces Trade Me's buyer protection policies. So it goes a step further where oh. they can make more choices on protecting the buyer and um, as people who are buying and selling through their um, platform because Ping's their own internal payment system. So that's one thing a lot of people can look out for on Good trading with this ping as a payment option.
0: Hey, nice one, Liam. Really nice to have you on the program. Interesting article, this one. That's Liam Jennings, who uh, is an auctioneer and senior uh, numismatist star, which is. Uh A coin, love a coin collector. Now, um, keep those memories of Lancaster. Many people might not know uh, or even remember Lancaster Park, a great ground for rugby, for cricket, as you'd know, Ed. Um, What memory do you have? Big part of the social history and fabric of Ōtutahi Christchurch 2101. Did you go and see any bands? At Lancaster Park. If you just joined us, uh, time for I've been thinking. Heatheroy, take it away. Oh,
3: thank you, Alice. Look, I've been thinking about why we always feel better when the sun's shining, and I listened to the panel yesterday, and you were talking to the panelists about um, Labour Weekend and what they did. Yeah. And the thing that I loved about this Labour Weekend that's just gone was um, that the weather was amazing, you know. And I think I've always felt better when the sun's shining. I'm definitely a spring or summer person, um, and I used to just put that down to uh, you know a psychological thing. About Better frame of mind, but actually, there's quite a lot of physiological benefit from the sunshine. And I think the trick is, you know, it's a balancing act of getting enough sunshine for the health benefits, but not so much that you're in danger of getting skin cancer.
0: I it, it, the, that cannot be overstated, can it? That yeah. just that I I think there's no secret that I have a bone problem. You know, very weak bones need a need a hip replacement, and my GP said. Uh, if you can, get 10 minutes of of sun every day. It's very, very good for your bones. No more, but that 10 minutes is very beneficial.
3: Yeah, so that's the vitamin D advantage. So um, if you get sunlight on your arms or your hands or your face, I'm told, two to three times a week, that's enough to get the vitamin D benefit, which helps with osteoporosis and prevents rickets. Exactly.
2: And Heather, even if you're not outside, when I'm studying, I'm inside and it's sunny outside, it's a way better experience than when it's raining outside and I'm studying inside.
3: I know you you just feel so much better, don't you? Yeah. So that's about serotonin. So the sunlight yeah. stimulates um, the hormone serotonin, and then when it's dark... Um, darker lighting triggers the brain to make the hormone
0: melatonin, You've which a helps you sleep dive on this. You've done a deep dive on oh, yeah. this, oh, I, think, I, been, I think the physiology
3: is fascinating, been but really I, thinking. I, was a, I was a physiotherapist in a former life, so I tend to go back to anatomy nice. and physiology quite a lot. Yeah, Oh, mm. that's a great I've been thinking, thank you, yeah. thank you
0: Heather All right. um, Oh gosh, Lancaster Park BB King, open Ooh. for you too, tickets were $40 Uh <laughs> It, on I've been thinking
2: well I've been thinking about um, I think we all need to uh, get connected to our food a little bit more and I would recommend that we should try eating with our hands like about two billion or three billion people in the world uh, use their hands directly to touch their food and eat it so I would recommend get close to your Kai and touch the food and put it it put it in your face through the fingers that has been given to you because especially with Indian food South, uh, South Asian food. I promise you, your pleasure level will increase four times if you are eating that biryani with your hands or having that Rogan Josh with naan and using that naan to eating clear it with the... your hands.
0: Yes, even someone like me would you would you recommend someone like myself to go to my favorite? Uh, curry house yeah and try that yes because then
2: you will get ultra respect from the staff as well but like, would Oh, I? yeah you would and maybe people not will actually... the other
3: clientele well we've got a bit of a thing about it here haven't we
2: yeah yeah people mm. are a bit uh i don't know but but you got to try it you got to try it that's the way to eat the indian food or the pakistani food or try the try it at home food.
0: first wallace Try yeah. <laughs> uh, that. Good. Um, do you eat with your hands at home?
2: Yeah, yeah. Eat. I eat it a, a lot in my hands, uh, with my hands. So whenever I'm, it's a special occasion. I'm um, watching a sports event or a final of a, you know, celebrity Treasure Island or something. I would use my hands to eat a biryani or the curry. Um, yeah. So just. But what about the rice? Yeah, yeah, you eat the rice with your hand. You make like a tiny, uh, a, a tiny blob with your four fingers and mix it in and eat it. Yeah, your, your fingers get a bit wet, Shall but I you try can wash them. Do it, try it? do it tonight.
0: <laughs> do it tonight. <laughs> nice one. Ed Amon, Heather Roy with us. A lot to discuss here on uh, the panel RNZ National.